Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Style That Finds Us podcast. We are so excited to have David Parada, founder and CEO of David Parada Management and Materier, on our podcast today. David started his career working on the cosmetics floors of Barney's and Bergdorf Goodman. After much success, he decided to open an agency of his own to build beauty brands. So head to the South That Binds Us Instagram to watch our IGTV video with David so you can learn more about his career. And he also talks about his recently launched multi-brand beauty e-tailer, Materier. Talks to us about some of his favorite beauty brands and products and so much more. And then I, Delia, and David, we worked together while I was working on the beauty buying team at Barney. So thank you for being here, David. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you two today. Well, we absolutely adore any and all time that we get to spend with you. So today (laughs) we're going to focus more on David Parada management since Materier in your career we focus on in the IGTV video. So talk to us about what working in the beauty industry is like. Oh. It's so fascinating. It's the one industry for me that's constantly changing and growing, keeping me on my toes and relevant through the years. I was fortunate to start on the floor of Bergdorf Goodman and Barney's New York. And so I kind of worked my way from the ground up. And so I got to see how how brands kind of have shifted and changed. And when I started, like the Indian niche brands back then are now these massive brands now. So eventually when I went in-house with um, a showroom in New York City, we were working with the the it indie brands at the time, which at that time, the indie brands we were representing were like The Art of Shaving and Red Flower and Mason Pearson hairbrushes and Marvis toothpaste, which are all huge brands now that you can find in so many different um, Mm -hmm. uh, mass retailers as well as a lot of hotel properties. Um, And then when I eventually went in-house with these brands, I grew so much. I feel like I got my master's in business um, in the cosmetic and beauty world from kind of growing and shifting positions throughout my career. It's been a lot of fun. I would not change it for the world. Everyone says, you know, I... I've always loved my job. And so I don't, it's really hard when I come across someone that hates what they're doing because I wake up in the morning and I'm always smiling, thinking about what the day's gonna bring me, what new brand founder I'm gonna meet or get an email from, and what amazing new retailers are excited to bring on our new brands. So it's always something exciting happening. That's such a great attitude too. So what all does David Parada offer and are you taking on any new clients? We are, you know, it's interesting because um, this year um, during this last, you know, really crazy year we've all gone through and thank goodness we're in 2021. Let's see what this year brings us. But last year, you know, it was all about um, in the beginning of the year, I really thought the trends were going to be really CBD related. And yeah. but then what I realized and after pandemic happened is <clears throat> the CBD world slowed down a little bit. And then all of a sudden wellness and self-care and home in the beauty space really grew. Um, and so, yeah, we're bringing on, um, you know, we're, we're moving away from a lot of brands we've been with for a long time for over like some of the brands we've had for nine to 10 years, because we need to, you know, freshen up and do what we do best, which is our job is to find the newest and greatest beauty brands out there and kind of vet them for our, 
are amazing buyers in the industry. And so um, right now, usually we get about 26 brands a month that send us samples and emails. And then usually I kind of right away when I look at the packaging can tell if I'm even going to look at it. Uh And then I move it over to another area where I kind of vet them and I start testing them out. It's tough to test out so many brands. So sometimes it takes Mm -hmm. me a few months to get through them. Um, But um, right now we're launching a new skincare brand. We're launching um, a a nail polish brand that's been out there. So we're starting to work with a brand called Jay Hannah. Right. She's a a well-known jeweler. And she's another nail polish. So we, you know, we do Jinsoon, but Jinsoon is very kind of fashion forward. And she's been like in more of um, kind of the, the heritage space in beauty. And so now um, Jay Hannah is more of like the indie independent boutique kind of brand. Um, and she's got, she's a really cool girl that lives in Echo Park and has the most beautiful jewelry and also has her nail polish collection. And then we're launching another brand called Less, which we're really excited about because it's a simple skincare line with an exfoliating um, element to it, as well as a great um, face serum slash oil um, and an incredible mask that I keep in my, I have a little refrigerator now in my bathroom because after we talked last time, I think, um, my my boyfriend bought me a a cosmetic refrigerator for my bathroom. So now I keep that my mask in there. And so, um, so yeah, so we're bringing on all new, we're taking a look at new brands that kind of will work well, both in wellness Mm -hmm. as well as traditional beauty. That's awesome. Yeah. So we're always looking at anything that's amazing. I always look at like, I I don't know if we mentioned it before, but I call it the triple threat. So I went to school for theater and accounting. So I always look at beauty brands like a triple threat. So first, the one thing I look at is the brand founder. Um, And then I look at, of course, at the packaging. So the brand founder and their story, it has to be relevant. It has to be sincere. It has to come from a genuine place. Not something contrived to become wealthy or to make money. It has to be a genuine story for me to even want to even entertain the idea of working together. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I look at the packaging. And unfortunately, I am known for being someone that is very specific about packaging. And I'm brutally honest and tell people that their packaging is hideous or Mm -hmm. it needs to be redone before they can even bring it back to me to look at, but I won't even try the product. Uh, even if you have the best formulations and the best product, if you, your packaging is terrible, I won't even even give it a shot. It's unfortunate, but that's just how I am. Uh, and then the third aspect is of course the integrity and the ingredients. And so then I look at the product, the ingredients. So if those two elements like the brand founder and story and their packaging is on point and then the product has incredible integrity ingredients, then of course it's a no brainer and I'll mm-hmm. start testing it out and start having conversations with them. Well, I think that's really smart because people aren't even going to try the product if they are turned off or don't even notice the packaging. Yes. Store or even online. You know, that's what we're drawn. Well, most people, visual people are certainly drawn to. And, you know, I, I always tell them there's always great different, if the packaging is not there, there's always great um, outlets for them, like Etsy or local flea markets. Mm-hmm. Or changing the packaging. 
<laughs> or changing the packaging. <laughs> David, you are hilarious. <laughs> I was like, you know, I love shopping on Etsy, but you know, you should start there and maybe you can make some money and change that packaging for me. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. David, in your opinion, what does the future of the beauty industry look like? Well, it's, you know, it's changed so quickly in the last year. And so the future, of course, you know, we all know that e-commerce is a huge element, but I do think like the category of beauty used to be very focused on color and on skincare and body care. But now the, the, the whole beauty space has become kind of merged together with wellness. So that's aromatherapy and that's also internal wellness, like adaptogens and in um, you know, gorgeous collagen powders and vitamins. So all of that kind of stuff. Now the future of beauty is all meshed into wellness, which I love because, you know, beauty starts from within. So if you're not drinking the right water or eating the right nutrients, your skin and your outer appearance is never going to look good. So of course, beauty and wellness are merging into one. Mm -hmm. That's that's so true. We were we we're partnering with a brand not too long ago that had the eye cream the serum, the moisturizer, and the pills that you take yeah. that they sell as a pack. That was, the, I guess, the first time I had seen that. Yeah, um, I think that's the direction of the future. I think, you know, I started my morning, even if I, I start always with a hot water and lemon, but I always do like my shaga, my, my adaptogens, either in a cup of tea of turmeric tea, or I do it with my coffee. I sometimes skip the coffee to avoid the caffeine, but I love having my shaga in the morning and my reishi in the evening. And it's just it like, it gives me natural energy. It's high antioxidants. So with all this happening with um, the pandemic and stuff, I just wanted to stay as healthy as possible. So right. all these adaptogens have been really beneficial to my well-being. Oh, is, yeah. is shaga a brand? It's no, it's the mushrooms. Is it from oh, yes. moon juice? It's, it, I do. I, we, I love moon juice. I also have a few different shagas. I get at air one. I yeah. have, um, have, I have, I have, I have a whole, like, I, I had a, a girl, <laughs> I had a girl come help me with my organization and my cabinets and stuff during <laughs> the pandemic. And so she was like, what are all these things? I'm like, my adaptogens. She's like, you have a lot of them. I was like, mm -hmm. it's, they're my potions. It's how I keep myself fresh and energized. And mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so uh, shaga, it's actually, usually um, has, it grows in a cold place. It's a mushroom. My mother got scared when I said mushrooms because she thought I was talking about mushrooms that are drugs. I sent her all these adaptogens. She's like, you know, I don't do CBD and you don't, you know, I don't do these mushrooms. I was like, mom. Sounds like me. That's hilarious. <laughs> She's like, I'm so scared of the stuff you give me. You gave me these vitamins that I thought had something in them. I was like, mom. Those were your calming vitamins. She was like, and then I read, and you didn't tell me there was CBD in them. I yeah. <laughs> My mom said she felt it. I don't believe her, but I started, hey. I started laughing. <laughs> I felt it too. I'm right there with your mother, for sure. Did we, someone sent us some CBD, a mask, you know, uh -huh. put on your face. And I was like, I don't know. Might make me feel weird. You know? Mark, yeah, my, my 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 mother actually says she feels it making her feel. I don't know if it's a, like, a, like a thing her thinking about it. I think it's like a psycho matter. I know. My, my mom was like that sweet girl that had chaperones her whole life. And then like, exactly. she, she, the, 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 the strongest thing she's had is a martini. Right. So. 
Absolutely. But you know, I always say I love I love that because I always test so many things on her because she's like my <laughs> guinea pig, and so she's uber sensitive. But no, I, so going back to like these adaptogens, they all come from they're plant based. So it's kind of like having a plant based diet and a vegetarian diet and vegan diet, but. These are like plant adaptogens that have been healing bodies for thousands of years. And so they've been around for a while, but I am the type of believer that I don't take any painkillers or Tylenol. When I have a migraine, I hydrate with water. Um, I drink a cup of tea. And so mm-hmm. I also, um, I had a mother that didn't believe in any type of drugs. So she was like, always had some natural source of healing. So the Shaga comes originally from, um, from Russia um, and then here in the U.S., a lot of the shaga that is made, it comes from Maine because it needs the cold environment. And so, yeah. And then there's the reishi, which is also also a mushroom. Um, and then there's also, you know, um, ashwagandha, mm-hmm. lion's mane, all these mm-hmm. other amazing adaptogens that are great for internal wellness and also external for antioxidating. You know, like we use all these antioxidant, anti-aging creams, mm-hmm. but if you start using all these adaptogens, everyone, it's funny because the last few years, I probably started adaptogens probably the last seven years of my life. Um, and everyone's like, you look younger now than you did in your thirties. And I was like, oh, thank God for these, <laughs> the racing Shaga and Ashwagandha. What would I would have done without these things? <laughs> I was like now I can say I, I can hold out to get that thread facelift when I'm in my late fifties. Oh, that's my age. Maybe I need that too. I don't know about that. You don't need anything. You're perfect. Okay, well, let's talk about the, this. Is an interesting topic to me right now and going forward. What are your thoughts on physical retail? Physical retail. I think right now everyone is so much shopping e-commerce, but I think physical retail will come out of this actually much more focused. I think the issue with um, physical retail, it was already uh, dying a slow death before the pandemic in the United right. States, right. and so especially our traditional department store business. Yeah. Um, and I think the interesting thing is right now during this pandemic, so many young entrepreneurs have opened these conceptual stores in these adorable towns across the country because they've left major cities. So we've seen an influx of growth of really great specialty stores. And um, unlike other competitors of mine in the industry, I've always worked with specialty. Yes, I've always worked with Barney's and bigger department Mm -hmm. stores, but I always was known as the person that worked with independence. I love working with the owner of a store and watching them be excited about their shop and their Mm -hmm. city and communicating the story of our brands to their consumers and their local markets was incredible for me. So for the past 20 something years, I've always worked with the best stores in Charlotte and in, in Savannah, in, you know, Palm beach and Milwaukee and Birmingham, uh, Michigan. And, you know, I've, we've had, we've had the best stores all across the country when most people have no idea that there's the most amazing shopping in all these cities. No. And I actually think the, the retail climate, all these department stores are consolidating. They're closing the stores that don't make sense. And they're really focusing on the stores that have the best traffic and they're redoing them and they're bringing in young brands and they're exiting these heritage brands. Cause a lot of these heritage brands that we grew up with, I grew up with, um, and, and um, maybe not Delia, <laughs> right, right, yeah. but a lot of these heritage brands, their consumers 
on her, her way out to her next journey, you know, onto her next, you know. And so, and and the the daughter and the granddaughter want something new and they want discovery and they want products that have these wellness elements and have less um, carcinogenics and chemicals and um, in them. And so they really want cleaner, um, more sustainable. They're, they're looking for really interesting things. And I think the next generation really wants things well-made. Uh, and you know, so I, I think the future is after this pandemic is over, people are going to want to see humans and interact with people. So these sure. stores will actually have an influx in store sales because people are going to want to get out and get away from their computers, I think. I think you're right. And another thing I'll say too, David, even though you know the heritage brands have the older consumer, because you and I, who are not Dia's age, we are still interested in beauty. And so we're looking for new products that can actually like super achievers that can help us with our skin too. It's not just like they are using the same old thing. So, you know, those heritage brands for sure. But, but I guess I'm trying to say you don't age out of looking, you even look harder for beauty products. I think as you get older, things that actually can make a difference, right? Exactly. Like for me, like, you know, we were discussing this before it went on live, like, you know, my body aches and stuff. So I look for bath soaks that have magnesium in them. I look for, you know, I look for magnesium for my bath salts and I look for Mm -hmm. certain ingredients like turmeric in my teas, in my products, because I know it makes my muscles and my body aches go away mm-hmm. at the same time, hydrating my body. And so yeah. I really, really, I, I actually think during the last year and a half before mm-hmm. the pandemic happened, we were going through this transition where I think all this needed to happen to make some really serious changes in the world. Right. And so I think right now people are really going to be taking really good care of themselves because none of us want to get sick and we all want to stay healthy. Um, and I think that is the future of beauty and retail. And I think people are going to want, I think there's going to be really new, amazing um, retailers opening up and those existing chains that we all are know of that have been around for 20 years will slowly dissipate and there'll be new competition with interesting, um, with an interesting approach. Um, you know, the beauty of like when we, I worked at Barney's in the beginning is Barney's had a point of difference that no one had. Mm-hmm. And the reason why at the end they didn't stay, they didn't yeah. sustain their business is because they were following everyone else instead of being the leader. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's not about being a follower. It's about being a leader. And so, you know, I think that is the interesting thing. A lot of the retailers that have closed and have had to shut down doors is because everything looks exactly like everybody else in their market. So it's about right. really focusing on standing out having your own point of difference. And I think what's happening now is retail, um, as we know it, will shift into something even more exciting for us shoppers to go experience. Yeah, that's exciting. I think that's very exciting. I I I actually think the beauty of what's happened now is a lot of people have gone back to where they grew up or Mm -hmm. leave major cities. And so I think all these like amazing cities around the country are slowly going to have a, even more interesting shopping because all these great little shops and coffee shops and restaurants will open up after all of this. Well, that's cool. I hadn't heard that idea. That makes perfect sense. I, know, I love that. I feel like we had gotten to a point where pretty much anywhere in the world, you can kind of get the same things. It's not like, <laughs> oh, you go to Paris and you get this really special thing you can only get in Paris because 
everybody mm-hmm. kind of had the same thing. And especially all the department stores pretty much carried the same brand. So I think it's a welcome opportunity. It's not the death of retail. It's just maybe the reinvention or something mm-hmm. like that. Exactly. And I used to love traveling to Europe to find discoveries. And then, and that was my favorite thing to find product. And like, right. I, I would end up in all the same markets and every department mm-hmm. store globally had the exact same assortment. Yeah. And so right. I think right now, um, you know, being uh, in America and in the United States, we have so many entrepreneurs and um, luckily, even globally, we're seeing so many new brands. Um, and I'm very excited because the brands that are coming across my desk are really incredible. I'm also currently um, consulting for ITA, which is part of the Italian um, embassy, and I'm consulting 15 Italian brands on how to work and get into the U.S. market. So I'm helping them with their packaging and their photography and all that kind of fun stuff. So it's been an interesting year. I think everyone is making changes, having many, if they're not doing a personal facelift, they're doing a career (laughs) facelift. Magnifico. (laughs) I know. I was going to go to Brazil and get one of these. I heard about this new liposuction that they give you a six pack. And I was like, I don't have to do ab exercises. I can just get a lipo. get my abs of my dreams and i was like oh i can't go to brazil there's more pandemic happening there than here (laughs) oh my gosh that is hilarious david what do we think beauty trends for 2021 i think again like it's it's just it's going to be a lot of new indie brands it's going to be an indie influx of young brands coming out wellness um, skincare brands that have adaptogens in them and CBD in them and anything that kind of works with wellness and beauty combined. Mm-hmm. So fascinating. It's like an entirely new category almost. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We work with a brand called, we just launched a brand called Ingredients, which is incredible because it's an affordable brand. Everything is under a certain price point. Everybody can attain it from someone Great. in their high school to someone that's retired and it has you know a face oil it has you know an amazing cleanser a hand sanitizer but it also has a nasal spray which is from seawater from um from sweden so it helps cleanse the nasal passage which a lot of people get sick because they don't know how to cleanse their nasal nasal we have a throat throat spray so it's it's a beauty brand but it also has these ingestibles like nasal sprays throat sprays And so I think the direction is really exciting. It's like, it's about really maintaining your exterior and interior all at once. Fascinating. I mean, that's really fascinating because when you're like stopped up and everything, it shows on your skin as well. That's really exciting. Yeah. What about the, oh, sorry. What were you saying, David? And then there's also brands like, we have another brand called Nature of Things, which we started working with them right before this happened. And so we have this a huge like influx of so many doors and they also have, um, they have a few products that have some CBD in it, but we don't really talk about it because it's mostly luxurious because the body cream doesn't and some of the bath soaks don't. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a bomb for people that have severe pain that I can't live without because it really kind of comes like, I normally get like neck issues where I can't move my neck. Sure, me. So I massage it into like the back of my neck and it helps. And then I take, they have this amazing magnesium bath soak that I've never, after like an intense workout, Mm -hmm. I just like soak in it with a cup of tea in the bathtub. I used to, when I was younger, would be with a glass of champagne, but now I'm avoiding Mm -hmm. the alcohol in the bathtub. And so (laughs) 
might fall. <laughs> might fall. I don't, you know, I don't want to. I, I, now I'm getting more cautious in my older age. Okay, that's um, hilarious. Yeah, so I think, you know, the direction is shifting. It's like all these brands have skincare, body care, they're, they're, it's all in one. It's a lifestyle component, which works with exterior and interior health. Oh my gosh. Well, what about the decline of color cosmetics? When are we coming back to makeup? You know, um, one of the brands I had launched, worked with for almost a decade, Ilia, mm -hmm. had the biggest growth during this pandemic because of their formulations being so clean and being right. the number one organic makeup line on the market. So I think I think our color cosmetics um, are growing in certain categories, especially in the natural organic space. Okay. There was just a recent article, I think it was I, forget, I think it was the New York Times that kind of even said that the city of Savannah, Georgia, is the future of natural is a, is the is a capital of natural beauty. Um, and I think it's because also other founders of the natural space, which during the time Ilya launched, there was a line called RMS that launched as yeah. well during the same time, which is Rosemary Swift's brand. Yeah. And she actually relocated to, she still has a place in New York, but she relocated to Savannah, Georgia. Wow. And her main corporate office is in Charleston, South Carolina. And so she is also huge in the natural space. And so all these natural color brands are are growing as well because of the fact of them being wellness. So when you're using this, these cosmetic, these color brands, you're also getting benefits to the skin. Mm -hmm. So all of the complexion, all the foundations on the market and complexion products have grown significantly as well as like their lip, the lip mask is a huge category right now oh. because everyone's wearing these masks covering their face. So their lips mm -hmm. aren't getting enough treatment. So a mm -hmm. lot of brands are launching a lip mask to exfoliate and to really hydrate those lips because not many people are buying lipstick right now. But our lips are dried out. That's so our interesting. Our lips are dried out and also around our lips are really dried out. Yeah. And um, even our, our nasal area is really yeah. is dried out. Yeah. And I think, uh, um, you know, I think just like hand sanitizer, people are going to be, um, uh, I saw a few brands send me over mask sanitizers to cleanse their masks to take away the bacteria from the mask. Oh yeah, that's a nice idea. So yeah, there's a lot of newness coming out, a lot of like, you know, innovation during this yes. time. And I think it's interesting. I was like, welcome to 2021. We're in right. the future. Oh, it's incredible. I was listening to a podcast episode and they were talking about trends, but then taking the trend and creating products for the trend. So exactly yeah. like you're saying, masks were huge for 2020. So now people are like, oh, what can we do? Oh, we'll make masks. Sanitizer. Right. Whatever. Yeah. So that's really interesting. It sure is. And I, I think that's great because it's not really fun to hand wash your mask every night. No. no. So if you can just spray it and let that dry and just wash it every couple of days, that would be great. Well, this is along those same lines. So what makes for a successful beauty brand these days? It sounds like they're going to really have to step it up. <laughs> to do multiple. And, and I also you know, think, I, I always said, you know, I think during times like this, people are really looking for a really strong founder that's going to give them really great inspiration in life. So people really want to look to the, like the creator of the brands also to be inspiring humans. Right. Um, and I, you know, my whole mantra, my entire career, when I started my business was great people behind great brands, because I've come across so many terrible humans also in this space and in this yeah. industry and a lot of these terrible humans have had huge success um but i think right now the transparency of of people creating products and also these 
founders being truthful and also being very um, kind of, you know, great, you know, faces behind their brand so they can become inspirational humans to these consumers. People want to be inspired. People want to see people succeed, but they want to hear the story and they want to know the story and they want to connect. I know the future is exciting. Well, it, it has to be because today, this is why our job is so important. This morning, I was feeling super not positive about the direction of everything that's going on in life and the world. And then when you talk to others that are working really hard and doing interesting things, it always reinvigorates me and gives me new life. Mm-hmm. That's, that's true. It's, you know, it's funny because it's like, that's why I miss going into my office every day and seeing my team because their energy keeps me going. And also these, I think the reason why I always, even when, when I'm feeling a little blue or down, there's going to be a brand founder that comes to me with, comes to me with this great energy and this great attitude. And I'm like, Oh, we're living. We can't yeah. stop living. We got to keep going, getting up. You know, my grandpa, um, I love him. God rest his soul. He was the most amazing man. He lost everything in Cuba and came to the United States and started from scratch. And he never complained. And all he said to me is when you wake up in the morning and you're breathing, it's another gift from God. There's nothing that can stop you but yourself. Oh, I love that so much. And I wake up every morning and if I'm feeling a little blue or a little tired or a little achy, I'm like, get up out of bed because grandpa got up and he never stopped and he always smiled and he never complained. Get up. And I walk around and I have so much gratitude for the things I have and have accomplished. There's always someone that has more, someone that has less, someone in pain. You know, we're all just all trying to get through it. And so I think the wonderful thing about working in beauty and lifestyle and fashion is we can bring um, happiness and help people change their days and spirits with just a simple thing of a new product or a new thing. You know, when I work behind the counter, people would be like, oh, your job. I'm like, yes. You know, a lot of people come to me when they go through a divorce or they're having horrible skin issues. And I can see just my one hour with them behind a counter. I can see their attitudes change. And I think that's what I love so much about my job. Every day was different. I, there were some people that were going to be trying to bring me down, but the majority of the time it was me uplifting and other people uplifting me. Right. Amen to that. (laughs) (laughs) And so I got to experience three different categories at Barney's, which I'm really excited about beauty, jewelry, and ready to wear because they are so different. Beauty is unlike any other industry. And David, you were truly such a joy to work with. I always got so excited when we got to have our market appointments. So do you have any advice that people should keep in mind throughout their career? Yeah, I think just stay true to yourself. You know, I think always focus on what makes you happy because I think success comes when you're doing something genuinely that makes you smile every day. You know, I have a friend that is a teacher and she's an incredible like reader. She's like, she's become like a huge kind of director in education in New York, but her and her cousin decided to make these amazing sweatshirts, this amazing like clothing line that says wine and fun stuff on it. And she just reinvented herself during this time too. I think it's just, just keeping yourself relevant. If you're feeling stagnant, just keeping yourself doing something new, a new hobby, a new profession, it's time to change it up. Don't be scared. I never, I say people should never be scared. 
And I, the advice I always give brand owners, I can tell if they're scared. I can see when they're nervous. I'm like, Ooh, they're not going to make it because you've got to be able to think you can't, you have to jump before you can walk sometimes. And so like, I think literally it's like, don't be scared, take risks, do things that make you happy and you will see success follow you. Yes. You have to figure out what, why are you here? What is your purpose? (laughs) And you need to live out that purpose. Don't spend your precious small time in life doing other things that is not that. You know, when I started in the industry, the other distributors and people that did what I did were such grouchy humans. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to, when I do this, I'm not going to. And I think it's so funny because I remember when I was on the floor, I was like, I'm going to be that person. I'm going to have a company like that someday. And I remember this one woman that I had worked with her mom at Bergdorf's and she worked at um, Barney. She's like, "Uh uh-huh, you'll be here like the rest of us forever. Oh no, I'm not. I have have plans here. I've got ideas. I'm not going to be back here all the time. And so I think within a week of her saying that to me, I left, even if I couldn't afford (laughs) rent. I was like, I'm not staying there. I'm going to find myself another gig, even if I make half the money and I'm going to challenge myself because I don't want to be complacent. I want to keep growing and learning. And so my favorite words of advice was a gentleman in his 80s when I was in my 20s. And he said, just remember one thing, you don't know anything. And when you think you know everything, you know nothing and you won't succeed. A successful person needs to keep learning and listening to others and keep growing and educating yourself. And he's like, I'm in my eighties and I know nothing, Mm -hmm. but I've been very successful because I've been around people that do know things. And so like, you have to surround yourself around people that are gonna teach you, grow, you know, you have to keep learning. Like that person that always knows everything, they really don't amount to much. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's the person that always is curious to learn something new and be inspired that keeps growing and challenging and succeeding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really great advice. And it keeps you young. Yeah, it does. Totally keeps you young. I love it when I learned something, you know, it's like, wow, I didn't even, I never knew that before. I'm 58. You know, I was, when I started my company almost, almost 11 and a half years ago, 12 years ago, the two first clients I had were women turning 60. Mm, and, love so my, that. and my mother was turning that around that same age too at that time. And so I felt like the universe was bringing me these two inspirational humans that mm-hmm. were not scared of another chapter in their life. Mm-hmm. When most people would be like, retire, they were like, oh no, I'm starting a company. Right, and, I, same. I, and I was like, wow. And one of them was Linda Rodin and we all know how successful that became. Right. And then the other one was Melanie Mayron and she was an actress that won an Emmy because she was on 30 something back in the 80s. Oh, I loved that show. And she was Melissa, the photographer. And she still, she created this amazing line called Mayron's Goods. We still work with the brand and it's very um, big in kind of like the, like independent store world it never made it into the like huge kind of department store world because it's such Mm -hmm. a great indie brand Mm -hmm. but you know during the time she also became even more relevant because she was using her mind to create products and and then she started getting more work as a director and producer and she started doing even more and more and more work um behind the camera as a director and just because she was just really keeping her mind going and staying relevant and she is probably one of the youngest almost 70 year old women I know. She's got more energy than some of my 25 year old friends. That's Same right. thing with Linda Rodin. These are women that can run circles around a 20 something year old. Right. And they still have their own sense of style, their own sense of who right. they are. And um, like one of them of course is iconic in her style. And the other one 
wears like these vintage plaid suits and has red curly hair. And she yeah. just like, they're both so different, but they're both so inspiring. And so if two women in their sixties can start a new company and grow and become incredible, like why would anyone be scared to start something new at any age? I think so too. It's like, oh, thank God I get to have another chapter. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be terrible when you're like, well, all my chapters are done. Yeah, and I, I have a dear friend, his step-grandmother, Grandma Flo, who lives in Boca Raton. <laughs> she is in her 80s. And she, even though she's lost a few husbands in her life, she <laughs> always finds her way to find something new. Even in her 80s, she's always inspiring. And every time I see her, she's her face looks amazing. And, you know, uh, at my friend's sister's wedding, I was like, wow, Grandma Flo is on fire. <laughs> She, she was she was like turning heads and she was still going in her 80s i was like you know what i want to be i'm going to be grandma flo someday absolutely you're going to be you're going to be glampa glampa be grandma flo glampa okay how has the beauty industry changed this is just a huge question how has it changed since she started uh, yeah, it's changed. You know, when I started the indie space, there was like a handful of brands that were considered indie. There wasn't very, there wasn't tons of innovation because everything was all heritage brands that were controlling the beauty space. Mm -hmm. Most of the beauty space was like controlled by Estee Lauder and L'Oreal and Procter and Gamble and LVMH. And so there was few, there was big corporations that were launching indie brands, but they were already corporations like Pooj and things like that that were launching skincare brands. So mm -hmm. it was the beginning of indie. And um, so now it's so interesting. When I moved out to California almost 12 years ago, there wasn't much indie here either. And all this, there wasn't much innovation either. So in the last decade is when the most changes happen. And I think all of that has to do also with our social media. And so, you know, things are moving so much quicker because everyone can see everything and everything is growing. Um, and then all these influencers started launching brands. So, you know, from, from when I started to now, I went from heritage, you know, corporations to these young entrepreneurs and innovative young brands and much more natural and cleaner brands because people were making their own formulas and focusing on ingredients. And, you know, the weird thing about the United States is we don't have any regulations on our cosmetics. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, you know, we, you can, people can launch cosmetic brands and not have to worry about exactly what they put in it. Mm -hmm. So unless it has like, you know, too much, a certain amount of alcohol and things like that, or has certain kind of um, pharmaceutical grade ingredients in them. Mm -hmm. So I think when you see these brands coming in from Germany and Europe, there's much more regulations there in Australia than there is here. But then all these young indie brands focus on the true um, kind of profile of what they're putting into their products. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what mostly changes, like really the integrity of product that's launching and many more young brands emerging. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're going to hit the roaring 20s. And so it's going to be our roaring 20s and the, this next decade, because I feel like 2021 is the start of a new decade. And, and yeah. so... I think it's going to be so exciting for us to be on this journey, all of us together, because we're going to see so many interesting things happen. I think retail, you know, even uh, even our social media is going to change. We're going to also start witnessing v-commerce, which is more video commerce and all that kind of stuff. So I think we're we have so much more happening. Mm -hmm. so exciting. It is such an exciting time to be alive. <laughs> It is. <laughs> and or terrifying. Both at the same time. 
Listen, I have moments that I'm so excited that I have those like a few, I have a, a few moments where I'm like, I have a little doubt and then I'm like, snap out of it. Right, right. <laughs> Good. You can do, but keep going, keep moving. <laughs> David, what are some things you learned while working behind beauty counters at BNY, Barney's New York and Bergdorf Goodman? You know, the most important thing I learned is customer service. Mm. I think that was what was changing in retail and in department stores. Like when I started, we were taught, we had to keep such a tight book and we had, we had um, week monthly meetings with our management to see how we kept our, our books for our clients. And we kept such notes. And I think as things progressed, people got lazy and didn't know how to maintain customer service. And so back then we didn't have emails. When I started, we had to call up our customers and be like, you know, I would call up and be like, hi, Mrs. Perlman, this is David Prada Bergdorf. You know, we just got that diamond gel in. How many should I send you? And she'd be like, send one to each of my houses. I was like, okay. (laughs) I was like, and guess what? We have this new foundation from Vincent Longo. Do you want to try it? And then, so like, it would be so much fun because we love customer service. And I think you know, I learned an old school approach and I still run my business very much so that way. Even my infrastructure is run like a company in the eighties. I still give my, my, my staff like um, retirement packages and all that kind of stuff. Cause I feel like, you know, it's about how you take care of your team and how you take right. care of your customers. And I think at the end of the day, it, there's all, there's enough for everyone, but it's about how you take care of your customers and how you take care of your staff. So I did learn working at Barney's, how to take care of my customer and my freelancers and my people around me so that people would always smile. And when someone was down, I'd walk away or give them some advice. So I learned really how to communicate with humans working at Bergdorf's Mm -hmm. and Barney's. Mm -hmm. And I loved seeing, I could tell within the first minute or a few seconds right away, I could see what my job was to turn their day around. Um, and I loved it. I could see like they'd come up to me and I would actually, you know, I was always taught by my mom, don't judge a package by its cover. So everybody would run to the woman all in Chanel and all dressed up. And I would, I would, I would say I would treat everyone exactly the same. And then I would get the biggest sale from the woman you least expected and everyone would get mad at me in the department. And I'd be like, I'm sorry. I treat everyone exactly the same. her, right. Everyone ignored the girl with the ripped jeans, but I knew those ripped jeans were in trend. Right. And I was like, and, I was like, and her dirty sneakers were trending too in the West Coast. So I don't know what she was, you know, I didn't know. Like, and everyone's like, ooh. And I was like, oh, hello, miss. How are you? How's your day going? I love your sneakers. And she'd be like, oh, thanks, sweetheart. Can you help me with something? And I would walk her around and spend an hour with her. And I would cultivate that relationship. And it's, it's in life to be successful is cultivating relationships, sustaining those relationships, customer service, and being human. Don't forget, we all are human, so we all have to treat each other kindly. I think this whole entire podcast has been full of wonderful, wonderful advice about how to live your life. What's been your favorite career moment? I don't know if that's hard to, I'm asking hard questions. My favorite career move um, was when I decided to move from New York City to Los Angeles. Um, my partner at the time was in TV. And so I did, I passed a VP role with a huge company right now, which at first I was like, wow, I can't believe I passed this amazing vice president role. And I was, um, I think it was about 31 years, no, 32 when I moved out to 
um, LA and I turned 33 out here. And at 33, I started signing all these brands on my own. So my, I think deciding to work for myself was the scariest thing. And also the most, um, the smartest thing I did for myself, because I really do enjoy working with entrepreneurs and helping people. I love helping people. My gift, I say uh, some, there's healers out there. My way of healing is through product and through food. Cause I love to cook too. Mm-hmm. So I always feel like healing people, like sometimes people are like, what do you know? You sell beauty products. I was like, you know what? Beauty products make people smile. Mm-hmm. And it's like during every pandemic and during every like, you know, economy situation, cosmetics has always strived because it's the one thing that can still put a smile on someone's face. So the beauty industry does have an impact. We make people happy. Yes. And so people feel better better about themselves. So I say, yeah. And I say, so we do therapy. It's our own way of healing people and being our own therapist. We're helping people every day feel better about themselves. Most definitely. It's so true. And any favorite memories from back in the day at Barney's or Burke oh. Horse with crazy celebrities or something oh, like that? Yes. My favorite was Donatella Versace came in with her entourage of the most beautiful men. And I was <laughs> like, and she bought shower gels and product. And I remember the, the associate that rang her up was like, You deliver this to her house. And I was like, Oh. Of course. And so, of course, I ran all these bags. I was in my 20s. I was so excited. I was like, oh my God. And my other favorite was um, Ivana Trump at the time with her new young boyfriend. And I was all about that because I was like, oh, if her husband can have a younger woman, so can she. I was, yeah. such a, I was like, you go, girl. It's just terrible. <laughs> that is so fabulous. And I love seeing Diana Ross come in and shop and Oh my God. Um, and then I, my customers, I had Keanu Reeves as my customer. Um, I had um, so many celebrities in my mm-hmm. career at the counter. Um, I, but I think the sweetest person was Keanu Reeves. Wow. Such a sweet, sweet man when he came over. And he'd buy Natur Bisset. So I actually had a big roster of, of celebrities. And at the time, we couldn't really talk about it. But I think... Um, I was very lucky because I got to work with Chrissy Turlington and stand next to her and sit next to her. And I was like, wow, I think ah. even though I didn't know how I was going to pay my rent the next month, I felt fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I also dated a few celebrities. I was trying to, I, uh, during, during those times working behind the counter as a young, you know, yeah. young gay man in New York city, I dated a few celebrities and went to, and it was fun. Yeah. Um, but then I realized they were all human too. And right. um, they had their own issues. And I really just, I really always made the best of any situation. And I think in life, that's what you have to do. And and, in, and I learned so much for, I saw so many people of privilege shopping at Barney's, but I realized even though they were privileged, they had so much, so much stuff that was like haunting them. And so I realized that even no matter what you have in life, we all go through the same journeys. Right. Exactly. And, and and also those things don't usually, a, a lot of that doesn't make you happy, but I did realize that you, you put a good lip gloss on someone. <laughs> that does they, make oh, It does make them so happy. And that lip gloss lasts longer than that new pair of shoes sometimes. Yes. <laughs> and more people notice it. They do. <laughs> oh, I did love my discount though, too. I remember... Uh-huh. 
I did. I do remember Delia that I was like, how come I, I'm making such good money? Why am I having trouble paying? And then I, I, I pulled up my account on yeah. the computer and I was like, oh my God, that's what I spent this year here. <gasps> oh, oh, I know. Oh my God. I've, I've got, I think I can make half this salary and survive and save more money if I get out of here. Oh, that's <laughs> right. It's true. It's true. It's like candy. I mean, you're just like, it was terrible. Oh my God. I was like the 22 year old wearing Jill Sonder and helmet. Right. Day. And I was like, and everyone was like, remember true religion? Well, I had the first pair of men's men's true religions that hit that co-op floor on, it was in, in on Madison Avenue. We had a co-op floor that had the first true religion jeans hit. I got the first denim that came out. I got everything that came out. I remember I bought when shearling coats were in and I was like, how am I going to afford a shearling coat? Well, I worked at Barney's. I could get it with a discount. (laughs) But you know what, Delia? I still have that shearling coat in my closet. Yeah, (laughs) it's true. I know these are forever pieces and I look at them with fondness. (laughs) So it's all good. And then to David, when you're curating brands, what are you thinking about? So when you curated the beauty assortment at the conservatory, for example. You know, I always, when I curate a beauty space, I think of all customers from all different genres. So I always look at like my customer that is used to shopping at Bergdorf's and Neiman. So I have to have skincare and body care and candles for her. Then I look at someone that is a little bit more indie and neighborhoody and loves like trends. And so I have to have trend related items and younger brands for, for that person. And then I also have to look at the natural space and wellness space. Um, and so for fragrance, I have everything from like traditional, like much more French Parisian fragrances to all natural ones and then candles the same thing and so it's all about curating um, an assortment that works for um, all different age demographics but that they all work together um, with synergy um, and photography because I kind of visualize them all in my head shot together so they all have to kind of have similar kind of DNAs that kind of are relevant for your grandmother for your mom for your niece for your you know your daughter and for your son and so like I have to be able to see it live throughout a household and live through generations so that's how I curate wow I love that that's huge I mean I also love palettes and colors and so I kind of like start seeing things like right now I'll see a new product and I'll see like different pantones and different like my head I'll just close my eyes and I can see a product and see it shot differently and it's just I think when you're creative it's like like pack for me I also think of who that customer like when I sell beauty products or curate beauty I think of who she wears every day is she a Celine customer is she a St. John customer is she a Chanel customer is is she acne is she you know like so it's like I have to really kind of create an assortment that works for for that person that wears, like when she's wearing fashion, I know what skincare she'll use. I know what fragrance she'll wear. I know what he's wearing if he's wearing acne or if he's wearing a different designer. So I kind of can, can I visualize the beauty space together with fashion and together with home. I could actually see their homes. I can see what they're wearing. I can see their minimalism if they're Celine. I can see their... Um, eccentricity and their eclecticness if they're using something else you know if they have like a sutron candle you know like so I can feel that and so I kind of like kind of I kind of like put myself in their shoes and kind of like the product transports me into their life and so when I curate I kind of want to transport myself Mm -hmm. 
um, and what I'm picking for that consumer so it works in their spaces and their lives. And probably with that store too, right? Yeah. Who are the people that would that exactly. would resonate with? Exactly. That's fascinating. All right. What should people keep in mind when building a brand and any growth or marketing tips that you might feel free to share? Yeah. When building your brand, it's, you know, you want to have a point of difference. And so you want to be able to make sure you use your budget. Cause a lot of people sometimes use all their budget on marketing or on packaging and so you want to just sometimes it's better to launch less than a full range. Like I've always loved the number three for a launch, three SKUs or three products. When you're launching a new brand, I think it's such a great number um, of products to launch with, depending on the category you're launching. I also think people are scared to spend money with a designer to create a, if you're not, if you're not a designer yourself and have that eye, it's always best to have someone help you with the exterior of the packaging and, and with the boxes and components and all of that, because you really want to make sure that you spend the money wisely in the beginning. Cause if you don't spend it in the front end, you'll have to spend it in the back end after you launch and have to rebrand and repackage. And that's the, that's the hard part I see with a lot of young brands is they have to go back and rebrand and repackage a few times after their launch. And so if they just spend the money in the beginning, they, that's the biggest thing I notice. Like a lot of the time, the formulations are great because that's what their passion is. Um, and so, uh, when I see the formulas, I'm like, wow, I wish this, I, I wish the product looked a lot better. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's interesting because I think if, if you don't know how to, to design or work with the right design team, just outsource that. And at the end of the day, it's going to cost you money in the beginning and feel like it's a lot of money. And the same thing with your website. I hate a website that doesn't look good. And it looks like you did it yourself at home. Mm -hmm. Like if I click on a website and I know they did it at home, I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> that's really amazing about the packaging. You keep talking about that. And now that I'm thinking about it, I would always go for something that I could admire on my dressing table yeah. rather than something I had to put away. You know, I, I'm that guy that I do go on Etsy to buy um, old perfume bottles and packaging bottles. And I also buy old magazine clippings from the 20s and 30s. Um, and so I have like pictures of the Lanvin fragrances from the 30s that were in a magazine or old department stores. And I actually frame them and put them in my hallway because they inspire me every day. So when I look at packaging, you want it to look beautiful in your vanity or your bathroom. I, there's not one product I represent that I would not have in my bathroom. So I kind of envision, even if they're a different type of customer, I, the, the packaging has to be something I feel proud of to keep in my home. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the beauty of when we, when I started working with Linda Rodin, her bottles were just so beautiful. It was like gold and you keep that face all next to your jewelry. Oh yeah. Oh, it was just stunning. So simple and elegant. Mm -hmm. So David, what are you most excited about for 2021? I'm excited to eventually start traveling again and getting back out there and seeing all of our amazing accounts and brand owners in person again. Um, I'm hoping, I know it's not going to happen right away, but I'm really feeling though we'll be able to start doing that again in third and fourth quarter, like sometime over the summer and fall. Mm -hmm. Um, I also am really excited to see my mother and grandmother. <laughs> um, but I think career wise, I'm really excited for such a year of growth. Um, 
because we were fortunate that we saw some exciting uh, things happen in the last year in the industry. So um, I think we're just going to continue with that momentum and keep moving forward. Love yeah. it. I'm, anytime I'm feeling discouraged, I'm calling you. <laughs> right. Text me. I'll jump on a call with you. That'd be fabulous. So where can people find you, you, your company, you know, Materia, all of it? Well, you know, for David Prada, so you can find us um, at www.davidpirrotta.com for my agency. And so the agency is a brand management agency as well as a distribution agency. And we also do photography and content and copy for brands. We do a bunch of everything. So check us out there. Um, you could always reach out to info at davidparada.com to get any information on our company or a deck of what we do and to shop for some beauty products. Um, our website is www.materiae.com. Again, that's www.materiae.com, which is materiae.com, which is our beauty destination. So for those customers that love shopping on the cosmetic floor at Barney's or at Bergdorf's or other kind of amazing stores like that, check us out because we have so many new brands from amazing founders and amazing product for you to enjoy. Well, we highly recommend that. And the website is absolutely beautiful and has incredible brands. So use code the style for 10% off on the Materia website. The style, right. one word. Fantastic. <laughs> so David, what's next for you? What ne what's next for me? Well, you know, we did start a warehouse, but I think what's next for me is I'm going to start making some of my own products, Delia. <gasps> yes. Really? Yeah. Yes, I'm going to start making things that I think, uh, you know, I need a, a new kitchen soap for my dishes. I love washing dishes and I want something that looks pretty. So I'm going to start making things on Materia that will be things that we are going to work on. Oh, I'm, uh, I also, I, I'm also looking to partner with another group to create like, you know, a, an, a, an aspect of the business where we can help people find and get funding and all that kind of stuff as well. That's nice. so, there's, so there's lots of things I'm working on for the next decade of my career. Yeah. <laughs> as we enter, we have entered it. Oh, David, that is fabulous. Please keep us posted so that oh. we can help support those launches. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you'll be the first. I'll send you products to test out for me as soon as I get samples so you can give me your feedback. Okay. Yeah, great. Mom is very opinionated and I, I am too. <laughs> I love that. What a, what a power team, mother and daughter. <laughs> All right. Well, David, thank you so much. This has been fascinating and inspiring and exciting. I'm pumped up for beauty. I really am. Oh, and for 2021. Me too. And thank you so much for having me. I really enjoy spending time with both of you. And you know what I really do look forward to this year is spending time with you both in person. Yes. It must happen. Come yes. to NYC ASAP. Oh my God. I can't and wait to, we have to go to LA again for sure. Please, 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 please. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The last time we were there, we did a video at Violet Gray in the store. I loved the store. It was just so pretty and um, love the girls that were working there and Allison that was the manager, I think. All right, David, have a great week and we hope to talk to you soon. Lots of blessings to both of you and I hope to see you both soon. Big kiss. All right. Big kiss. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
Thank you for tuning into this episode on the Style That Binds Us podcast. If you like this podcast, make sure to tell a friend and subscribe. You can be a part of growing with us. Also, do you know about our weekly newsletter? You'll get access to exclusive content in our newsletter that we don't post anywhere else. Our newsletter comes out every Tuesday with the exception of the third Thursday of the month for Allison's special Celebrating Life After 40 edition. Head to the bottom of the Style That Binds Us website to subscribe.